Welcome to another edition of RJ Bell's Dream Preview, MLB edition, episode 27. My name is Taylor Ringgold. My coach, Griffin Warner, is here. Griff, I'm here in Florida, just after a wedding. I'm in the conference room. I'm tired, but I actually watched a lot of baseball this weekend, even with the wedding going on. So, how was your weekend? And talk about our uh, our best bets in a second. Uh, proud of you for uh, fighting through. Um, we're recording this early Monday morning. Um, hopefully, this will be out distributed to everybody as soon as possible. Um, I did not have a wedding this weekend, nor am I in Florida. But, uh, you know, I watched a little baseball this weekend, and uh, there's some big series that happened. I mean, pretty crazy uh, experiences all around, and uh, a nice 2 0 for, for the podcast. So, um, Big step for uh, the culture, and uh, you know what more can we do than give out two winners on a Thursday night for everyone to to go bet on on Friday? That's exactly right, man. Look, even on vacations, even away from home, we still get W's, and that's all that matters, right? Just like the Houston Astros, you know. Oh, very nice, very nice, but. That- even let's just go right into that because we're, uh, you know, it's ironically that my series spotlight and my best bet were both in that series. I had game two, I want to say it was. Uh, yep, game two, Verlander Severino. I had the Astros winning that game. I had the Astros plus 108. Great game all around for the Astros. But nice. the Yankees had a pretty solid series with a couple of walk-offs. Judge with a walk-off home run. And... The teams looked crazy, and the series was actually extremely entertaining. You had bullpen troubles from both. You had clutch moments from both teams. Altuve had himself a nice series. You had a hell of a series to watch over the weekend. Yeah, uh, I don't remember the bullpen collapses for the Yankees. I uh, felt like they were much closer to getting swept than they were to splitting. But I guess that's what good teams do is uh, they survive. I don't know if they necessarily advanced, but they they survived. And uh, I still feel pretty good about the Astros uh, if, if they played each other going forward. Yeah, this is a, this is definitely going to be the not the last time we're going to see these two teams play. But um, do you have a, a serious spotlight you want to break down a little bit or you want to jump right to our ad here? Well, I, I you know, similar – I guess sort of things happened in, in Atlanta for the Dodgers Braves series uh, where the Braves got a great outing from Spencer Strider on Sunday night baseball and Kenley Jansen blew another save. Um, I talked to some, some of the Braves community. Um, I'm in a fantasy baseball league with some, some guys from, from the Atlanta area and everyone seemed to be pretty pleased with Kenley Jansen so far this season, but man, I, uh, I'm not sure I feel the same way. And I feel like um, pretty apropos him facing his old team and, and blowing Sunday night baseball's uh, game, which really cost them the Braves a series and, and put them in a little bit more of a, a difficult position as they're five games back from the Mets, despite this huge, huge run in the month of June. So um, I don't know. Bullpens are shady as usual. Um Little, almost as shady as women, and you know it's just it's just, a tough, it's just a tough thing. 
Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's that's all Griffin. That's all Griffin <laughs> with that statement this morning at 810 in the morning on a beautiful Monday morning here in Florida. 710 so Central for the people. So uh yeah, who knows? Um that, yeah, that's not me. But anyway, after that, we're we're gonna give you a gift because we have two gifts like we've been doing for weeks now. I'm gonna give you a nice one here. And I've I've said this a few times. Have you guys signed up for pregame yet? And if you haven't, you should, because pregame.com will give you a free 25 site purchase just for signing up. That's it. Signing up takes about 90 seconds, and you take advantage of being a site member by making and tracking your own picks. You can post your own picks and analysis in our pregame.com forums. Draw following and become a value member. Sign up today and receive, listen to this, again, $25 site credit purchase premium picks from one of our pre-games, very own professional handicappers today, like Griffin Warner. Get your free best bet today for $25 site credit and sign up for pregame.com. That simple. Without further ado, Griff, let's jump right in to our uh, top performer of the weekend, and then we'll do our Monday card. Top, we're, we're going to be adding some new segments throughout the shows, throughout the weeks. And, of course, like we said last week, we have a Wednesday episode that's brand new. So we want to add some new things, new things top performer. And that can be either individual player or an individual or our team. Top performer of the week is Judge for me, having um, continuing his MVP run. And with, with two walk-offs, judge the walk-off home run and really coming in with the cocky move saying, you know, basically saying he's the best player on the team. Uh, I love it. And for you betters out there, this is uh, what you want to see out of a, of a team that consistently wins ball games and wins series. So definitely my top performer of the week. I mean, he has so many home runs. It's pretty inexplicable at this i mean besides playing in a little league field it is pretty incredible still seeing him with so many home runs because what's he gonna hit 65 home runs this year like i I mean hopefully he stays healthy um but i don't have any exposure to him in fantasy so um wouldn't wouldn't be so upset if his uh if his not not rooting for an injury here but i wouldn't i wouldn't be upset if his pace comes down a little bit but you know that's exciting and uh Still makes me wonder why people aren't walking him. Um, I'll go with my uh, performer of the week being the Seattle Mariners. I feel like they um, may or may not have deserved a road sweep in in division in Anaheim, uh, if not for the ridiculous uh, antics by the Phil Nevin and a disastrous Angels franchise that decided to throw not only at Julio Rodriguez with their opener uh, on Sunday in the first inning, but then also hit Jesse Winker in the second inning. Um, say what you want about Jesse Winker, but he didn't react or take very kindly to um, – I mean, it's ridiculous. What, what do umpires even do uh, these days besides get calls wrong and then refuse to overturn them when they're challenged? Because unless it's like – as obvious as like one of those jokes, they missed the, the call initially. They won't overturn anything unless it's like so clear, which I mean, you could say is maybe a little bit better for um, than, than what the NFL does. But um, 
I don't know, like the umpire is just so blind to everything, even though they've been on the same field the whole series. Um, a, a, a pitch that got away. I mean, unfortunately, you could talk to uh, the Mariners starting the whole thing by throwing at Trout's head, but I don't think it was intentional. Um, and I think that was pretty clear. But then giving the Angels, like, no-name pitcher two attempts at throwing it at, at important players for Seattle uh, in the beginning of a game just seems really, really questionable to me and doing nothing because they're just right. tone deaf at per usual. So um, I'll give it to the Mariners because they, they need to get the season turned around to, to reach the lofty expectations held by yours truly and my co-host Taylor Ringgold, but uh, they've got a long way to go, but had a good series. And uh, I'm curious to see what happens because Mariners have a long, long way to go to get back into a fight. And it looks like to me, there's going to be four AL East teams in the playoffs. It definitely could happen. It's going to get interesting. It's going to get tight. And we will, uh, I really wish just the Mariners can keep, can probably bring themselves back. It's a long season. We got a long way to go. We haven't even hit the all-star break yet. So very soon. Now. But with that being said, Griff, why don't we uh, jump right into this nine-game slate here in Monday's card? Yeah, not not as bad as it's been. I think six was our low this year, so nine uh, is about halfway between um, from there and probably what we've been seeing so far. Uh, we'll do best bets to follow up on our 2-0, um, which we probably would be shouting about if we weren't doing this at the wee hours of Monday morning. But uh, start with Pittsburgh, Washington. Um, I, a person named Yajur uh, for the Pirates is visiting Eric Fetty, who's been a little bit better lately than I think anyone would have expected or seen based on some of his outings this year. But we have no line yet, so move next right into the, uh, the cauldron with Miami and Pablo Lopez visiting Adam Wainwright in St. Louis. Currently, Wayno is a minus 119 home favorite, seven and a half is the over-under, and I mean, Pablo Lopez has had some some arm troubles, I believe. I want to say it was a shoulder, but um, came back and threw a really good outing in his last uh, scheduled start. And I feel like his right-handedness fits pretty well against the St. Louis lineup. It's very right-handed. Um, and I just I don't believe in Wainwright being a, a quality pitcher at this point in his career. He can get outs. He can go multiple innings. But I feel like the days of him shutting out the opponent or – throwing a quality start is in the best case scenario, six innings and three three runs allowed. Plenty of problems in the Miami uh, lineup and whether they can score enough runs. But I lean towards the, the fish on the road, um, despite a little bit of an issue with their bullpen compared to St. Louis. What do you think? Because I feel like St. Louis is pretty disappointing this weekend uh, in their series against the Cubs. Yeah, you know what, man? Uh I, I think I'm going to back Lopez in this one for the sole fact that um, he look, he's had really one bad start in the last month, and that was against the Mets a few weeks ago when he left six or runs. Other than that, he's let up maybe a t- high of four runs. We had two. We had zero in his last start against the Rockies, which is a nice bounce-back start, which is exactly what you want from a, a guy like him who has potential – competing for a Cy Young this, this season. Uh, Wayno did not give me the W in his last start. In his most recent most recent time I bet with the, with the Cardinals, which was on June 17th. I had them at plus 103. I think it was against the Red Sox. 
Wendell did not come out of there as uh, successful as I was hoping for. I think I'm double check here. Yep. You went six and a third innings, four earned, five strikeouts. And I think that, that was a, a L in that game. But it's going to be the game. Um, the Cardinals lineup is definitely stacked. Uh, you're gonna definitely going to see um, Aaron not maybe have a nice game. But I do think that Paulo Lopez might have the upper hand in this one, being a road dog at plus one or not. Yeah, I think that's the way I lean. Next, we'll go to the mountains for the Dodgers and Tyler Anderson uh, coming off a very long Sunday night baseball. And then a long trip probably got into Denver at the four o'clock might, might even be arriving while we're recording uh, at Chad cool. Um, who's not been that cool after a pretty good start to the season. Uh, the Dodgers are minus one ninety six, nearly a $2 road favorite. Overrunners 11 and a half, which feels a little bit low to me. Um, Anderson's been really good. The Rockies are what we thought they were, a, a poor offense that looks good in the altitude, which fortunately they're, they're in the altitude here. Um, but that's a monstrous number for a Dodgers team who's certainly better than the, than, than the Rockies, um, but are coming off a pretty grueling series and extra innings and a long, long flight while Colorado got to – got to into their beds at home uh, a lot sooner. So I, there's some part of me, some sick part of me that likes the, the Rockies here. You really like the Rockies here? Are you serious? I mean, they're just a huge underdog against a team that is going to be in a really tough uh, emotional or arguably uh, fatigue position, which, I mean, I don't know if that – it's hard to quantify exactly how that's going to affect the Dodgers today, but I feel like there's ever a time and, and they struggled in Colorado's start of the season. So uh, I don't think it's completely out of um, the realm of possibility that the Rockies win here. Uh, I'm interested to watch this game now with that, with that uh, analysis, but look at the over under that 11 and a half. Sheesh. So uh, runs will be coming kids. Uh, that's a short National League card right there. Only three games, Griff. Nice yeah, and, nice must, and easy. It's good though because we'll probably have a, a ton of games on Thursday. Maybe maybe we'll have nine again. Um, moving to the AL, we have Paul Blackburn, a, a favorite of the show, um, finally making it out. And, and I think now that we have three shows a week, everyone, since we're also going to have a Wednesday show starting this week. Um. There's a lot of opportunities for Paul Blackburn to show up, which is really important for Taylor because that that's who he's into. But he's visiting the Bronx, um, and he is a 200. Well, I'll give it as usual. Jordan Montgomery is is opposing him. He's a minus 282 favorite, nearly three dollars. We're getting into the dog days. I mean, not even the All Star break yet, but we're going to reach a point with this Yankee team where they're going to be monstrous favorites and. Uh, Probably too big of favorites for me to want to go the other way, but I'm I'm still not convinced by the Yankees team just yet. And uh, the the problem is that Paul Blackburn, even with an eight and a half over under, um, I feel like he's going to give up a bunch of runs. Jordan Montgomery's going to going to hang around and probably give you a a minimum quality start, maybe like six innings, three runs, maybe two. Um, and I think that that'll be more than enough for the Yankees probably to even cover a run line. So I don't know. You, you, you back in your boy here. Yeah, I'm going to have to. No, I'm just kidding. What am I talking about? Paul Blackburn. 
Come on now. Yeah, look, I, I like Paul Blackburn. I've backed him a few times on the show here. He's given me some money, giving me some W's. But when you see something like minus 282, it's kind of tough. And also the Yankees are the Yankees this year. So they are the team to beat. And these are the series that the Yankees need to continue to dominate, to continue their lead in the American East, being that there's there's series going on this week where it's in-division games. Right on our next game here is Boston and Toronto. Huge series of both of those teams. So if the Yankees keep winning, and these two teams start butting heads, the lead starts getting bigger. But this next series of the Red Sox and the Blue Jays with Gaussman on the mound, Griff, I'm liking Gosman a little bit here at minus 175. Okay. Well, since you already went to it, yeah, we'll go Gosman minus uh, against Connor Siebold, a number I haven't, a uh, name I haven't seen before, but uh, Kevin Gosman minus 175 at home in Toronto. Over under is nine. I know Jaron Duran is not making the trip because he's unvaccinated, um, which I guess that's still going to be around for uh, the foreseeable future. I think Tanner Houck is probably still on that list despite being the Red Sox closer now, which complicates things, especially for uh, your boys' fantasy squads, but whatever. Um, Kevin Gosman has not been good lately. Um, his uh, his splitter is lethal uh, unless the opponent is not chasing it, which it's been a while since that was the case. I feel like even bad teams have kind of learned to stay off of it. And it's a big question for me on what, he's, what Kevin Gosman's going to be able to produce in this start. I think he's really overpriced at minus 175. I just don't have a big book on Mr. Seabold. And that's probably something I'll be looking at today to try to figure out uh, what to expect from him. I think this is a major league debut, which is always a scary thing, especially on the road in a foreign country even. Um, But what do you, uh, are you worried about about Kevin Gosman? It sounds like you're not. No, I'm, I'm not worried when you're Seabold again, like you said, potentially his major league start here. Those are always kind of fishy to bet on. Unless we're talking about a, a number one prospect type of pitcher that could show us a little something different. But with a guy like him, I don't know much about him. And the fact that he started for the very first time in Toronto, not back in Boston, is definitely a huge step factor as well. And look, he had a he had a tough start against Baltimore on June 16th, but on June 21st, most previous start, six innings, two earned, seven Ks against the White Sox, low that ERA to a 3.19. Gosman is a big time pitcher, and this is a huge series for Toronto to try to gain some sort of uh, comeback in that American League East. So this is um I like Gosman in this one. Yeah, and looking deeper at Connor Seabold's numbers, I mean, he's got more strikeouts per, per inning uh, over his minor league career. Um, he's a little bit of a, a fly ball pitcher, which looks like that's increasing above his norm this year, um, which is a little bit of a concern against a, a Blue Jays team that just loves to, to hit fastballs and swing the bat as much as they can. File on record with a 2.09 ERA, not so bad in AAA so far this that's year. Good. Um, but that's a little bit different than facing the Jays, uh, which will be probably a nuts crowd because Toronto does care a lot about their baseball. Um, everyone in the world in that town seems to wear Blue Jays stuff during the summer. So 
That'll be a good one. Um, I'm looking to see if Kevin Gosman can write the ship because I feel like I'm still not a believer. And, and the Red Sox are still a pretty tough offense for him to draw. Next, we'll go uh, a rematch of uh, a pitching matchup from last week. Uh, the Twins at the Guardians. Sonny Gray at Tristan McKenzie. And Sonny Gray is a road minus 119 favorite. Over-under is eight. Um, and McKenzie got bombed by the same twins team last week uh did not do a good job of keeping the ball in the yard should be a little easier in cleveland with that monstrously tall left field fence but uh still a little bit of a concern to me uh, because because he had been so great to start the year but um didn't seem to deliver on that in his last start and uh you know sunny gray's a a stud if he can hang in there for six innings probably unlikely but probably will give him five and then We'll see what uh, that Twins bullpen will do afterwards. I feel like I like the home dog, but I don't know that I believe uh, Tristan McKenzie will will bounce back. Sonny Gray's last nine starts, he's had three starts going six or more innings. So he's not going to give you a lot of length. Last start against the Guardians, he went four innings, let out three earned, four Ks. ERA is sitting nice at 253. But if you're looking for some uh, satisfaction out of your starting pitcher when you're betting on the Twins, on the Twinkies, uh, I'd just play it by you, honestly. Can I just figure it out? That's the problem, though, right, Griff? You want your starting pitcher to go at least six if you're going to be betting money on, on these teams because the bullpen any, other, any day of the week, if it's not, if it's not one of your big-time bullpens that we've been seeing on certain teams to have a lot of faith and success, um, the Twins bullpen isn't that isn't amazing. So, you know, if Duran is coming in and throwing four innings, then then you might have a better opportunity. But that's not the case. But um, I'm definitely interested in watching this game, um, being that it's a seven ten start. So I'll be able to get watch it when I land when I get home. Nice. It's a, uh, I mean, it's a pretty good in division rivalry. Two teams fighting for the playoffs, way ahead of. Uh, <laughs> The White Sox right now, who are still, I think, the most disappointing team. And the the fire Tony chants are out. I love it. And uh, it should have been done years ago. Should never have gotten that job yeah. ever. Um, but when I look at Yohan Duran, so luckily it was a pretty easy series, it seems, for the uh, the Twins bullpen, which has been, I think, a little better than you're giving it. But Emilio Pagan has been all over the place, struggled, but had a couple of days off this weekend, pitched well yesterday. Um, I just don't see Yohan Duran coming in back-to-back days. I don't think it's happened yet this season. Um, and that, uh, okay, excuse me, he did against the same Guardians, May 13th and 14th, one in each of those appearances. But besides that, that's the only time he's done it. And he's kind of taken over a closer role, has a huge arm, and it's definitely the future um, for, for the Twins. Nice 0.82 ERA is pretty – or excuse me, whip right now is pretty great. Um, and I think is a good indicator for the future. I just don't know what that's going to look like if um, if Sonny Gray doesn't go deep in this game, which we both don't think he will. So that's a big question to me. I do think McKenzie into eventually a Class A save is a possibility. So I'm interested in, in, the, uh, in the Guardians at the moment. Next we'll go Rangers at Royals with Martin Perez. Continuing to to somehow survive. I don't know how he's doing it, but uh, the rabbit the rabbit foot is is hiding somewhere. 
Uh, and then at Chris Bubich, who is uh, not a very good pitcher and plays for not a very good team. So the, the Rangers are minus 126 road favorite over under eight and a half. And I just feel like the Royals with a good back end of a bullpen, that seems to be all they really have. Salvador Perez now uh, missing time. That's a big problem, though. Melendez has been pretty good as one of their call-ups uh, to start the year. So it's not an injury-related situation, but certainly we've seen more play, uh, playing time. I'm interested in the the Royals, the home dog, with that good end-of-the-game bullpen. But I just I, – I mean, it's, I'm starting to believe in Martin Perez. I feel like he's been a lot better than his metrics for a lot of his career. So why not continue that? Perez has been – so consistent all year long this year, sitting at a 196 ERA as of right now, coming off of a really solid start, shutting out the Phillies in six innings on June 21st. It looks like he just had one bad start this year, Griff, and it was against the White Sox on June 11th, allowing 12 hits, six earned runs, seven runs total. That I bounced the ERA up from 156 to 218, but now he's down in the ones again. I think Martin Perez has been a really cool story this year, being that he's just he's just been a middle-of-the-pack, in my opinion, middle-of-the-pack uh, rotation guy, career ERA of 4-5-1. You know, he's really hasn't been keeping the ERA that low, and now we're seeing something out of the, you know, just out of nowhere pitching like this. So um, I, I'm going to back the uh, the road – the road favorites here. I don't think it's completely unheard of because Martin Perez had a pretty good career despite never really having good strikeout numbers. So maybe we should finally believe it, but it is crazy to see his ERA below too. And I feel like that won't, won't last for too long. Um, speaking of the team that did hit him pretty hard, that is the Chicago White Sox, who are probably the most disappointing team in the league. Uh, Lucas Giolito is visiting Noah Syndergaard, currently Syndergaard minus 127. Home favorite over unders eight and a half, and Luis Gilito got smacked his last two starts against pretty good offenses. One of them being the Blue Jays, um, and Noah Syndergaard has been a little bit better lately, but isn't striking out anybody either. Um, doesn't have the ninety-eight miles an hour. Not sure if he's ratcheted it back to try to maintain his health or something, or maybe if Tommy John. It's weird because a lot of times people throw harder after Tommy John, but. Um, he plays for an Angels team who is a disaster and continues to be a home favorite despite, I mean, it's hard to make them a home dog, but especially with Otani and Trout on that team. But those two guys, you know, they can't, clearly they can't carry the load. And with the insane display of Rysel Iglesias throwing a plastic tray that had sunflower seeds and all the team's bubble gum. Um, awesome. And then watching Taylor Ward and and Co pick it up, which is kind of funny. I mean, for a closer to do that, it's like really bizarre to me. But I think speaks to uh, the sanity that's uh, current current sanity levels in the Angels clubhouse. Which I mean, they've lost a million games. They're nowhere near expectations for the umpteenth year in a row. Um, I'm pretty interested in the White Sox, despite their many flaws with Liam Hendricks on the IL. I, I agree, man. I, I I like the White Sox in this one. You need a bounce back start from one of your top pitchers, Giolito, having two back to back horrible starts, Astros and the Blue Jays. You got to give them that that they're two of the best offenses in the game. But I do have to say about the Iglesias thing. 
what a wild thing to do. You know, you you know, we've seen water bottles, we've seen bats. I don't think I've seen a whole tray of sunflowers and gum being thrown on the field out of anger. You know, usually you're the one just going on the field and, and but throwing punches, but there was enough of those after that. But um just in general, this is the this is the series of the most disappointing teams in baseball. Both these teams had so much expectation, so many um we were we were going to see maybe potentially there was arguably people putting the White Sox in the World Series at one point uh, as of last year going into this year, and that doesn't seem like it's the case anymore. And even the Angels as well. But you know Noah Syndergaard he got banged up by the Royals. That's not good. Five earned runs in seven and third innings. You know he did he did go to distance. We'll give him that. But um, five earned against a horrible horrible lineup. Is definitely something to keep an eye on. His previous start after that, he went four and two thirds, left one earned run against the Dodgers. So Noah Syndergaard is kind of all over the place. I would take that into account. So um, with that being said, let's get into our last game on the card: the Baltimore Orioles taking on the disappointing. Talk about disappointing teams in the podcast. Disappointing Seattle Mariners. What we got, Griff? Yeah, Tyler Wells at George Kirby, currently Kirby, a minus 152 favorite at home after a pretty good week from the Mariners winning five of their six games on a road trip to Oakland and to Anaheim, um, though neither of those teams are very good. Over under seven and a half. And Tyler Wells has been pretty good this year. The Orioles bullpen has been pretty good. Um, they struggle to hit, but you could also describe the Mariners in the same way. Uh, and surely they'll be looking over their shoulder with suspensions likely coming down from Major League Baseball early this week. Um, Tyler Wells has been pretty competitive, and uh, George Kirby has stabilized from a pretty good prospect pedigree that had a really good start um, to his Major League Baseball career and then was a little had a lull after that, but I think he's kind of turned it around. Pretty big favorite for Seattle considering how they've played, but a uh, long way from home for the Orioles. Yeah, it's to be an interesting start. I've seen both these guys the last couple of games on the mound. Uh, Kirby went six innings against the Athletics, didn't allow a run against, and then against the Angels, Red Sox, he let up a total of five runs in both starts. And Tyler Wells, who was a closer reliever last year, like we mentioned a couple of times in the podcast, finally had an opportunity to become a starter. ERA sit in nice 3.34. This is going to be interesting. You know, you have this Mariners team who just came off this crazy brawl. We don't know what suspensions are going to look like. I don't think that's going to be implemented into this game, so I don't know. It won't. Right? Yeah, it won't. Yeah, it won't. So I wouldn't be be too wary on the – too worried, excuse me, on this game. That's something you need to look down throughout the rest of this week if you want to bet on Mariners. But um, this is actually got to be an interesting game. Yeah, likely we'll see some appeals as well. It's just – I'm sure that after their activities or actions of yesterday, Jesse Winker gone double birds. The crowd um, was an interesting touch and certainly will ratchet up that suspension even further, which is unfortunately a problem for Mariners lineup that um, not that Jesse Winker is a huge uh, deliverer on his expectations, but without him that Unfortunately, the Mariners, I think the depth is being tested. And when we're starting Justin Upton, who's hitting like 130 um, in a brief time in the majors after being unable to really land with any team, not, not really a great start uh, to him. And uh, before our best bets, I'll get into uh, our promo code for this week, 20% off for listeners. It is Homer 20. 
Homer like the poet, or if you're a baseball fan, like what Aaron Judge has been doing all season, Homer 20, get 20% off for listeners of this podcast. And you can use that to get picks like mine that come out every night um, before I go to bed. I hit submit. Um, and uh, you can see kind of who I'm going through and, and play the stock market with me if you want. Um, or you can get any of our other pregame.com uh, personalities and, and picks. Uh, Homer 20 will get you 20% off. And without further ado, uh, Taylor, do you want to lead us off on best bets? I know I, I kind of stole your thunder and stole your pick from from last show. So I'll let, I'll let you go first um, on this one because I'm a gentleman, uh, though I do have a two and a half game lead on you. And uh, this is a, a big, big week for the podcast as we go to three episodes. And of course, we did it with a two and oh uh, record last week. You are a gentleman and a scholar, my friend, my my amazing co-host. But with that being said, I'm going to keep my two, my uh, one game winning streak alive here and we'll keep the two game winning streak going. I am going to take the road dogs at plus 110. Pablo Lopez and the Miami Marlins. Wainwright, I've I've been a Wainwright preacher for years, and even on this podcast, I have, and sometimes my co-hosts second guess my judgment. But with that being said, Pablo Lopez is turning out to be one of the better starters in the entire league, and we need a little more respect on his name. Yes, he's had a couple. Yeah, one. Really kind of rough starter. That's a really good team in the New York Mets. So this should be a nice test for Pablo Lopez. But let's keep it going. Let's get the ERA going low. Let's get a nice six, seven innings out of him. I've been betting on the Marlins a few times in this uh, podcast so far. Sandy Contra, shout out. So Pablo Lopez, plus 110. Let's go. Yeah, there's some weird connection between uh, the Bronx and the uh, Miami Marlins. And, uh, you know, you've been keeping it alive with backing the, the fish as much as you have. Maybe you're just a big sushi guy. I'm not sure. Uh, am, I'm going to go. I mean, sushi's great. But uh, I will say I found that a little too late in life, unfortunately. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit off the beaten path. I'm going to take Tristan McKenzie and the Guardians as the home dog, plus 109, hosting the Minnesota Twins. I just i I got a, a question about Duran's availability back to back after pitching yesterday, and I think if he's not available, I mean he probably is available, but just that little bit of doubt in my mind. I, I'm not sure that Sonny Gray will go deep enough. I still feel like he's every start is a, a big risk that he'll get injured. And Tristan McKenzie had a really good start to the year, really until his last start, where against these same Twins, where he could not keep Carlos Correa in the not just the yard, but feel like in the first or second deck as it was going higher than that. Um, maybe hurt his neck looking at the ball uh, flying over his shoulder, but ultimately currently the, the guardians are a plus one Oh nine underdog. And I like, I like the, the guardians. I feel like they've been kind of a, a, a stingy team. That's been tough to beat. I like their bullpen and I like them as a home underdog. So I'm going to take Tristan McKenzie plus one Oh nine and those Cleveland guardians. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter, the real underscore G Warner. And I think this was, is a, a good Monday position to get out of here, Taylor. You guys can follow me at Taylor Ringgold, T-A-Y-L-O-R-R-I-N-G-O-L-D. This has been another great episode from Griffin Warner. And I, like we said before on last week's episode, and we mentioned it today, we're not doing two episodes a week anymore. It is three episodes a week, Mondays, Wednesdays, and 
Fridays. Wednesdays being the new one. We will catch you guys on that new episode on Wednesday. Good luck, Benton, and we will see you then.